Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome. If you're here for the baptism of Kangsha, it's wonderful to have you join us. We hope you are encouraged and challenged by that and by all the rest of our service as well. Uh, but it was just such a sheer joy to hear your words uh, of how God has worked in your life at Kangsha. So thank you and praise God uh, for that. Uh, if you're not sure who I am, uh, either because you're here for the first time or uh, because you've been not around for the last few weeks, uh, our previous uh, minister at our 9am congregation who also would uh, preach and be at this congregation, Mike, he finished up a few weeks ago and I'm kind of like replacement Mike for the next little while until we know what the long-term plan is uh, for yeah, the pastoral staff of our church. Uh, but Troy is my name, I'm the pastor of our 6.30pm congregation and it's been a joy uh, to be here the last few weeks and a joy to share God's word with you this morning. We're going to pray and then please have that handout uh, handy because we'll be looking through Revelation chapter 1 together. Our gracious Father, we praise you for the death of Jesus that we have just celebrated a few days ago. We praise you all the more for the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, uh, that he defeated death uh, and has given us the promise of life. And so we pray now that you'd help us to explore these wonderful truths and rejoice in them as we see the Lord Jesus in your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. What would it have been like to see the Lord Jesus raised from the dead that first Easter Sunday? Uh, for those of us who know and follow Jesus today, it's easy for us to take the resurrection of Jesus for granted. Uh, it's easy to say that traditional Easter greeting that we say, uh, maybe you know it, maybe you don't, it just easily rolls off the tongue, Christ is risen, he is risen indeed. Now I grew up in a less traditional church and so when I joined an Anglican church as an 18 year old, uh, on Easter Sunday someone said to me, Christ is risen and I said, yep. <laughs> and he just looked at me confused. Uh, and just this week, my Greek neighbor uh, said to me, Christos Anesti. Uh, now, I knew enough to know that that meant Christ is risen, but I didn't know the response in Greek. And so I said, mate, the Anglican response is, he is risen indeed. And again, just a blank kind of look was given to me. Uh, how easy is it to say we believe in the resurrection of Jesus, but what would it have been like to see it with your own eyes, to see him raised from the dead. Well, really, the goal of today, Easter Sunday, is to remember and reflect on that wonderful truth, the resurrection that Jesus was raised from death to life. Uh, but rather than look at one of the accounts of Jesus' resurrection, like the one we just read out before, uh, instead of looking at the fact of Jesus' resurrection and, and that people saw him raised from the dead and spoke to him and ate with him, I hope you know that that is true. I hope you know that this is recorded for us as history in the, in the Bible. Uh, hundreds of people saw Jesus alive from the dead. Uh, but today, instead of looking at that, we're looking at instead a vision of the risen Lord Jesus. A vision of the risen Jesus in all his heavenly glory and majesty. And as we see this vision of Jesus in the book of Revelation, we'll think about what it shows us about him. What is he like now that he is risen and reigning in heaven? Well, we've just read from Revelation chapter 1, and I'm sure you noticed that as we read, it's kind of weird when you read the book of Revelation. Uh, the book of Revelation, it's strange and interesting, especially if you're reading it for the first time, and maybe that's you here today. So what are we reading as we read the book of Revelation? 
Uh, what is the book of Revelation all about? Well, by all means, you're welcome to jump on our website uh, and you can look up on our website a sermon series on the whole of book of Revelation uh, from just a few years ago. If you look on the bottom of your handout, there's a link there to our sermon library on our website. But just quickly, what is the book of Revelation? Well, if you look at Revelation chapter 1, verse 4, it's up on the screen here, we see that it's a letter of sorts. It's from John, written by John, the Apostle John, one of the 12 disciples of Jesus, one of the eyewitnesses of Jesus' resurrection, one of the key first leaders in that early church. Uh, and it's written to the seven churches in a region called Asia, Asia Minor, which today is Turkey. And so John writes this letter to some Christian churches sometime around 90 AD. Uh, but he's writing more than a letter. Because if you look at excuse me, chapter 1, verse 1, John says this letter is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Or in other words, it's an unveiling. It's a showing of Jesus himself. Why? Well, so that we would know who he is. So that we would know what he's like. So that we would know what he's doing and we know what he is going to do. And so we get this vision of Jesus at the beginning of this book. And we get to see the risen Jesus in all his glory. And so let's look at those early words of Revelation and be encouraged and challenged. What is Jesus like? And you can see on the screen where we're going today. Uh, we're not going to spend too long on these words, but we're going to move through the passage bit by bit. And the first thing that we see in this situation, sorry, the first thing we see is the situation that John finds himself in. Uh, so have a look there at verses 9 and 10. John starts, he says, I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation, kingdom and endurance that are in Jesus. He's kind of talking about all the good things and all the struggles of being a Christian. Uh, he says, I, John, your brother, was on the island of Patmos because of God's word and the testimony about Jesus. So what's the situation that John finds himself in? It's persecution. He is imprisoned for the risen Lord Jesus. He's been exiled to this island. You can kind of see it. There's a little, tiny little dot in the middle of this map. Uh, he's in an island on the Mediterranean and he's been sent there because he's been causing trouble. What's the trouble he's been causing? Speaking about God's word and the testimony about Jesus. So this is the first little lesson of these words, that if you speak God's word and if you share the testimony of Jesus, the truth of his death for your sin, uh, the truth of his resurrection, if you speak of our sin and rebellion against God and, and that he is a righteous judge and that we need to repent and turn away from that sin and turn to Jesus to be saved, if you say those things, you may well be persecuted, just like John was being persecuted. Because the claim that Jesus is risen from the dead, it divides people. It's a claim that cannot be ignored. And so John is all alone, wasting away on this island. But what's he doing? What's he doing while he's there? Look at verse 10. He's in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Or he's praying on a Sunday. He's not alone because he knows God is with him. So he prays. And it's as he's praying on this particular Sunday that he receives a vision, a special revelation. But did you notice that it actually doesn't start with what he sees? 
It starts with what he hears, with a fearsome voice. So look at verse 10 again with me. He says, I heard a loud voice behind me like a trumpet saying, write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches. And then he lists out those seven churches that were so well read for us before. I won't repeat them. So as, John's, as John prays, he hears this incredible sounding voice. It sounds like a trumpet. Uh, it's loud and it's powerful and piercing, but it's still intelligible. He knows what the person is saying. He understands the words. And I think it would have made him startle and jump. Uh, you could imagine if someone snuck up behind you and blasted a trumpet, you would go through the roof as well. Uh, or, I don't know if you've, you've ever done this before, but have, have you ever woken up in the night and kind of thought you heard sounds in the house and then you think someone's in the house, uh, someone's here to, to take my stuff or to attack me? Uh, and when that happens, whenever that happens to me, I always think, okay, I know what I'll do. I'll jump out of the bedroom into the hallway and I'll say, Oi, who's there? Because I'm not the most muscly man and uh, I don't have the deepest voice and even that was not very deep. Uh, so I think maybe I can, if I pretend, I'll scare them off. Maybe that's what that voice was like. Probably not, actually. Um, but John, at first, he doesn't know who this voice is, did you notice? All he hears is this loud, piercing, fearsome voice. But we know, and, we'll soon, and John will soon find out, John is hearing the risen Lord Jesus, calling him, commanding him to write this message to his churches. And it's then that John decides to turn around and see who this fearsome voice is. And this marks the start of the fearsome vision he sees. Read verse 12 with me. I turned to see whose voice it was that spoke to me. When I turned, I saw seven gold lampstands. And among the lampstands was one like the Son of Man. Now immediately, if you are someone who knows a bit of the Bible, at this point, alarm bells start kind of going off for you. Because the Son of Man was whose favorite title for himself? It was Jesus' favorite title for himself when he walked the earth. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost, he said. He said the Son of Man came to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. He said when the Son of Man comes in glory, etc., etc., etc. And in the Old Testament, in Daniel 7, even there the Son of Man is, is uh, mentioned and it's the one whom God gives all power and all authority to rule over all kingdoms of the world. And so it's at this point that we realize as John turns around he sees the risen Lord Jesus who is the son of man. The the one he saw die on a cross, the one he saw rose, ra raised again from death never to die again. He's also the one who's ascended to heaven. He sits at God's right hand who rules over all things with all power and all authority. John sees that man in all his glory. The Son of Man is standing right in front of him. And John describes this fearsome and symbolic picture of what Jesus is like. And it's meant to be a scary image. So let's look at each part of it quickly. And we're going to race through this picture. Look at verse 13, halfway through. He's dressed in a long robe with a gold sash wrapped around his chest. So he's dressed as this majestic king. 
And Revelation tells us he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Verse 14, his head and hair were white like wool. He has all wisdom and all authority of age. Now his eyes like a fiery flame. He has this piercing stare that can see and discern all things. Verse 15, his feet were like fine bronze and his voice like cascading waters, rushing waters. And that's meant to show us, again, his divine power and his authority. He is God. He is the Son of Man. And verse 16, a double-edged sword came from his mouth. He's a warrior. And his weapon is his word. It's his word that is piercing and powerful. It can create and it can destroy and it can judge. And last, his face was shining like sun at midday. Uh, this morning, as, we preached, as I preached at our first service, the sun was blaring through here. It's like staring directly into the sun. That's what the face of Jesus was like here. And it shows his glory and his holiness. See, what is the risen Lord Jesus like? He is fearsome. He is glorious and majestic. He is this warrior king, powerful beyond imagination. He has complete authority and all strength. He's the one John sees. He's Jesus, the Son of Man. And so what does John do? Well, what would you do? How would you respond if you heard this voice boom behind you and you turned around and you saw this man standing before you? Well, the right response before the risen Lord Jesus is fear. Look at verse 17. When I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man. When you see the risen Lord Jesus in all his glory, you fall on your face. John, he knows he is utterly helpless at this point. He's powerless before the risen Lord, the King of Kings. He seizes up. He's paralyzed with fear. And this is the same thing that happens to the one other time in the New Testament where the risen Lord Jesus appears to someone. We only just read it a few weeks ago in church. When Jesus appears to Saul or the Apostle Paul, what happens? Fear happens. Saul falls to the ground. He's blinded for three days and he can't even eat or drink. When you come face to face with the risen Lord Jesus, the first response is fear. Do you fear him as the righteous judge? Do you fear him as the holy and perfect one, the one who knows all things and sees all things, the King of kings and the Lord of lords? But then Jesus speaks to John again. And we have to, we have to listen to what Jesus says here. Because while Jesus appears fearsome and majestic, well, here his words are life and his words are joy and they are peace. These words are the reason that we're looking at this passage today on Easter Sunday because look at what Jesus says and what he does. So verse 17, halfway through. He, Jesus, laid his right hand on me and said, Don't be afraid. See, John's first response was rightly fear, bowing down. But Jesus comforts him and says, don't be afraid. How can Jesus say that? 
See, the only way that Jesus can say that if he is, if he, the risen Lord, is for John and not against him. Because if you stand before the risen Lord and you realize that you are just a person or that you are a sinner who shouldn't be in his presence, well, the right response is fear. But Jesus says, don't be afraid. And the only way that, a per- that Jesus can say that to a person is, is, is if his death has paid for their sin and their rebellion. And as if that person has repented and sought forgiveness and grace from him. And if someone has not done that, well, then what Jesus goes on to say is actually more reason to fear him. But if someone repents and calls on the name of Jesus to be saved, then these words are actually indescribable comfort. Let's look at them again. Jesus says, Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am eternal. I was before all things. I outlast all things. That's what he says. But the real comfort is in verse 18. I am the first and the last and the living one. I was dead, but look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and Hades. Do you see what he's saying? And do you you see why we've chosen these words to look at today? He's saying, because I died and because I rose again, I now have the keys to death. I have the keys to Hades, which is the place of dead souls, uh, as it's described in the Bible. I have overcome death, and so now I rule over it. And I can put my key into the gate of death, and I can swing it wide open, and I can let people out. John, don't be afraid, because I am Lord over death. I rose from death. I'm Lord over it, and I am for you, he says. See, this is the joy and the hope and the wonder of Easter Sunday. Yes, we remember and we celebrate that Jesus rose from the dead, but why? Because we, we celebrate that because Jesus was raised, we too can be raised. See, Jesus overcame death, and so he overcomes our death if we trust in him. By his death, he, he overcomes our death. By his death and by his resurrection, he now holds those keys and he unlocks the gate and frees us from death. Listen to uh, what Jesus said when he walked the earth. When John, uh, this same John, recorded these words that he said. In John 6, Jesus says, For this is the will of my Father, of God, that everyone who sees the Son, who sees Jesus and believes in him, may have eternal life. And I will raise him up from the dead on the last day. See, Jesus was dead. Now he is alive forever and ever. And he offers the very same thing to you and to me. To be raised like him. To live with him into eternity. To live free from sickness and death and the things that threaten our existence. And to live in unending joy. In a new creation where suffering and pain are gone And all of this is on the last day when Jesus returns. See, other parts of the scriptures call Jesus the firstfruits or the firstborn from the dead. Why? Because Jesus rose from the dead first. And when he returns, those who believe in him will follow and rise too. 
That's what we see when we see the risen Jesus in these words. And so what does this vision of the risen Jesus do for us today? What happens when we see Jesus here in Revelation chapter 1? How should we respond to him as we see him? Well, number one, again, it makes us rightly fear him. See, this vision of Jesus in all his glory and power should make us tremble before him. The fact that Jesus is risen and glorious and reigns over death, which should cause us to have awe and wonder and fear of him. If humanity fears death, if every person is afraid of dying, then shouldn't we fear the one even more, the one who has defeated death? Seeing this risen Lord Jesus, it should humble us before him. Have you done that? Have you humbled yourself before the risen Jesus? Do you continue to humble yourself before him day by day? Do you recognize his glory and greatness? Do you recognize your sin, your unworthiness, and repent of it? Do you seek the forgiveness and grace that he died for you for? Don't delay Today is the day to do it. There's no better day than Easter Sunday than to turn to Jesus. But the second thing uh, this vision of Jesus shows us, that, that it does for us, is it gives us great confidence and great hope. As the one who rules over the kings of the earth, as Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords, as he has all the power and authority, as the one who knows all and sees all, we know Nothing can overpower him. Not even death. He has the keys to death. He just opens the gate. It's nothing for him. He lets people out to eternal life. He's the first fruits and the firstborn from the dead. And so we can be sure. How sure can we be? Absolutely sure. We can have all the confidence and all the hope that he will do the same for us that he will raise us on the last day. Praise God. Do you have that confidence and that hope? See the risen Lord Jesus here in Revelation. Turn to him and it's yours. So do you see and know the risen Jesus? There's no more important question today. Do you see him here in Revelation 1? Do you believe in him? Have you turned from your way of life and your sin and put your trust in him for forgiveness and for eternal life? I pray that you have. But listen again now as we finish to John 6. Listen to Jesus again and take these words to heart and dwell on them today and always. Jesus says, For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have eternal life, and I will raise him on that last day. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we praise you again for the death of Jesus in our place and on our behalf. But we praise you as well for the resurrection of Jesus, paving the way for us to be raised on that last day and to know life eternal without sickness, suffering or death. Lord, please help us to trust in Jesus, to turn to him, to rightly fear him, yet also know the comfort and confidence and hope that he is for us if we trust in him. And Father, please fill us with that great confidence and hope that we will one day be raised and live with you because Jesus was raised that first Easter Sunday. 
Amen. In a moment, 